attention, please. Passengers carrying excessive amounts of luggage may find it necessary to check items that cannot be safely stowed in the overhead compartment. Please consult the ticketing counter for assistance. Anybody ever feel like those folks? Anybody feel like um, life would be a little easier to get through if we weren't dragging around some of this extra junk? Um, uh, I tell you what, man, there's some of just some of those big ones that, um, um, that we're going to be hitting on. Uh, and the reason is, is it's, it's not to, to beat anybody over the head and say, shame on you for dragging us around in your life. It, there's nothing to that. The, the beautiful thing is there is liberty in Christ. And uh, there is no shame or guilt. That's the, that's the beauty thing of it, is we can just freely let it go. We just turn it loose. We're free in Christ, and that's what we're going to be looking at through this uh, series. So if you'll crack your notes open, and or your version app, or whatever it is you're following along with us on, then we just want to jump right in the middle of this. Because as we journey through life with Christ, and we allow the Spirit to grow us from the inside out, that we're going to have to let go of some baggage that is weighing us down. We're going to have to turn loose of some stuff. We're going to really begin to move at a quicker pace. You know, we talk over here about, about um, just a, having a move forward mentality, that that is our place of agreement. Two can't move and together unless they agree. We're, again, we're talking about traveling and journeying. We can't go down this journey together unless we agree. And our place of agreement at Celebration Church is that we're going to agree to say, yes, God, whether it's, yes, God, I'm going to listen and not completely tune you out, and I'm going to check out what this Jesus thing is about, and you haven't even begun your relationship with Christ. Or maybe you've been doing this for a long time, and you're just, we're just, we're just going to be an unstuck kind of people. We're going to refuse to get bogged down, and we're going to grow. We're just going to, that's just, that is, our, that is what we, we agree upon. And if we're going to do that, we talk about, well, we don't care if you move at a snail's pace, and we don't care if you move like turbo. Um, and a lot of times the difference between that is how much extra we're carrying. Most people, want, most people want to be fast. You know, you don't see somebody going, you know, we've got the slowest network available. Please sign up for us. Nobody wants to be slow, you know. You don't have the cars, you know, on the, on the, the, the commercials, and they're just barely eking around the racetrack, you know. Somebody on their bicycle pass. No, we, we all want to move quicker. We do. And so we find these places, and especially in our relationship with God, we, we have this idea that, God, life is, sh- life is short. I want to make my life count. I want to move along in this thing. I'm kind of going a little slower than I want to. What is the deal? And sometimes we're not even aware of it. Sometimes we got the emergency brake on, and we don't know it. We're just dragging like a smoke screen behind us as the back wheels are locked up, and we're just trying as hard as we can to, to go, go forward. But uh, we just got some stuff holding us back. And that is what this is about. We're going to say yes to the Holy Spirit that you can go there. Okay? We're not going to make it a big heavy moment here. We're going to make it a real honest moment here. Okay? We agree to do that on this series. And so we're just going to say, all right, God, I'm, I'm going to let you talk to me about this. I'm going to let go of some stuff that maybe I've even had my identity in. We're, gonna, we're just going to give it all to him. So, because Matthew 11, uh, 28 says, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. 
See, now, as, as believers, we're, we're destination people. We understand. We come into this thing going, man, earth is not my home. I, I'm there, I belong. I'm a citizen of heaven. This is a temporary deal. I'm a pilgrim. There is a, I have a destination. I, their life is, is going. But there's also this thing that that doesn't negate the fact that we're here now. And that God wants to begin to do some things now that Jesus wasn't joking when he says, on earth as it is in heaven. That there is this process that some of that become, we can't be so destination focused that we forget that this journey process matters too. So we want to have this destination mentality that heaven is calling us upward and growing us and we're moving in that direction, but that we should be able to enjoy the journey. You know, one of the things that kind of makes the journey kind of not so fun is clunking the bags around. You know, you, we've seen the commercials, you know, the, the guy with the, you know, the, I think it was Geico that made the commercial about it's easier than rolling luggage. Let's hope everything's easier than rolling luggage. Tell you what, that stuff, that tried to make things easier, but man, you, you're dragging around, stuff can pop out, things can, can be a mess. Luggage is, is a pain. And so what we want to do is we want to move through here minimally. Whenever we were uh, um, traveling, uh, uh, a bunch back in 2008, and uh, we went to see my good friend Jenna Jones in Georgia, and uh, we uh, what well, part of what made that journey so enjoyable was the fact that we were in a big old huge RV that we were driving our house everywhere we went, and so we never we could go somewhere and we didn't think twice about luggage, we didn't think about baggage. Because we weren't sitting there carrying crud with us. It was our house was moving. Things was just there. It was just a part of it. We didn't just go. We didn't have to worry about, do I have this? It was just, it was just part of it. We were, we were situated and living out of where, we, where our true home was. We weren't trying to make do here. There is a difference. When we become, become minded that we are seated with Christ in heavenly places, that that is where our real home is. We don't have to carry along with this extra stuff and we can really begin to enjoy the journey that God has us on. And so as we run through this, what we want to do is we want to make sure that, that when we are journeying with God, you know, everybody goes and at the end of a, your, your, your flight, which why on earth, seriously, seriously, flying's kind of scary enough, you know? You know, we don't do it by ourselves, you know? We don't do this by ourselves, you know? We got to have a lot of you know, fossil fuels and, and, you know, design to get us off the ground. So why would we do something that's scary to go to a place called a terminal? Why, why would we do that? Who thought that up? We ought to call it, you know, something like that, that sounds beautiful and wonderful. Like we call it the party. You drop me off at the airport party. We're going, I'm flying in. We ought, we ought to have something not the terminal. That's just a scary word. And so, but then when you get to the terminal, then you have this thing, you go to the baggage claim and this junk that you're cramming, you go and you say, yep, that one's mine. And you grab it and you lug it around. Well, in that kind of journey, you got to go through the baggage claim. Well, in this life, in this deal, in living in Christ, journeying with God means that we have the baggage unclaimed. We have some unclaimed baggage. There's stuff we get to let go of. There's stuff we don't have to drag around with us anymore. And we're just going to kind of look at some of this stuff that maybe we can kind of get wrapped up in. And the first one, let's go ahead and just get in your notes here, is the first one is unfulfilled expectations. 
Another thing we can just call this is just good old disappointment. Man, I tell you what, there's sometimes that that's just sucked the life out of you. That there are things that you can, you can choose not to do in the future and embrace some opportunities in the future because of some past disappointments. Because things did not go like you thought that they would go. I am a, uh, I am a chaplain for an awesome football team. They are a bunch of third and fourth grade flag football. And through Upward, we, uh, we play with that league, and they have a little Bible study at mid-practice every practice. And I am my team's chaplain. And so they come in, the coaches do their thing, and I have my little deal, and I, I do my little lesson with them. And, uh, uh, and so the, what we're on right now is joy. And uh, our definition, according to our little handbook, is joy is finding a way to be happy even when things don't go your way. I tell you what, that's part right here, this unfulfilled expectations, things don't go your way. And man, we can lose, that can cause us to lose our joy in a hurry. Let's look at Proverbs 13. It says, hope deferred makes the heart sick, but a longing fulfilled is a tree of life. This thing that uh, we have these expectations and they don't go our way. And it really can. It can make us, it can make us heart sick. It can to, to, to come in and to, to hold us back in life. And we want to make sure as we're moving through this that we're going, God, you know, do I have some, some unfulfilled expectations? Honestly, folks, part of why Celebration Church is here um, is because God knows that, you know, there are a lot of folks that have tried this church thing in the past and it didn't go the way they thought it was going to go and that there were some unfulfilled expectations and there are some people that are hurt and some people that for whatever reason they didn't want to try stained glass and steeples anymore and uh, there are a lot of wonderful churches in this community fantastic churches that are stained glass and steeples but people are just not going and so we're here and so and that put a huge a huge responsibility on me Knowing that some of you were walking through these doors going, you know what, I haven't been in church in a long, long, long time. And I just, maybe maybe this movie thing is a little different and I'm going to try this. And we're doing an uphill battle against some unfulfilled expectations. We want to make sure, I'm not t- teaching this to try to cut us off the, get us off the hook. We just want to be aware that that can be some of the baggage in our lives. We, we just got to be conscious of this. Um, another one is um, uh, untreated wounds. Man, this thing of, of you know, that, that life hits you. You know, and I, and I wish, I wish, I wish that, you know, that the Christian life promised, you know, a pain-free life. But it doesn't. Jesus said, Jesus said, folks, in this world you will have trouble. Why did Jesus promise us that? Well, because there's an enemy and he hates our guts. And he's going to attack us any way we can. Okay? He will. And so, but he gives us on the backside of that, he says, but, take heart, that Jesus has overcome the world. We, he has done the overcoming on our behalf. And now what this is, isn't trying to find our own fresh victory. This is all about living in the freedom that Jesus gives us. Okay? That is what this is about. See, Jeremiah prophesied and talked about there in Jeremiah 6, about a generation It says that they dress the wound of my people as though it were not serious. Peace, peace, they say. When there isn't peace. There are a lot of folks that are going around dealing with this. That they got really hurt and really messed up. And somebody just kind of, eh, it's all right. Put some dirt on it. Spit on it. Boy, you'll be all right. 
You know, we do that with our boys. Blood of a warrior. So we say, boy, one, you know, one of the boys gets cut. And they start crying. Come on, boy, blood of a warrior. That's right. You know, and they just, you know, which gets them through that. But we can't do that with the real wounds of life. You can't, do, you can't suppress it. And you know what? We've got good at that. We've got good at just kind of pushing it aside and it becoming this inner bruise and wound and this festering thing and try to paint this pretty picture of everything on the outside. And we've got to make sure that we're not rolling through life, dragging along these ignored wounds. Jesus came to set us free from that. And we're going to live in that freedom. There's also the unresolved yesterdays. We've got, to, we've got to, to bring some closure to some stuff, whether it simply happens here. You're like, the closure I need, that man is in the grave. That person won't talk to me. I can't get closure. How can we get closure here, Pastor? Folks, closure can happen right here. You can leave it at the cross of Christ. You can forgive without them ever asking for forgiveness. Folks, forgiveness isn't about releasing them from their consequences or their guilt. Forgiveness is about releasing you from their hold they still have on you through that wound. It's like they chunked a harpoon tied to a rope. And and that forgiveness is, I'm not connected to you. You can't drag me around. You can't pop me around. I ain't your puppet through this anymore. I'm not going to think of your name and get a sinking feeling in my guts. I'm not going to look for your car out of a parking lot in a restaurant decide where I'm going to eat based on whether or not you're there or not. I'm not going to do these things. You're not going to control my life. And it isn't vindictive. It's freedom, folks. It's freedom. Ephesians 4 tells us, says, In your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry. Do not give the devil a foothold. And that's the deal. It's not devil. We're not giving the devil a foothold in somebody else. We're talking about not giving the devil a foothold in ourselves. We're talking about, you know, we're not going to do that. And when we have this anger and these unresolved issues and this pain and this stuff here, these yesterdays, and we just let, leave them there. Because they're going to hang out in the yesterday until we let them get resolved. And it's not that time heals all wounds. It's not. I've loved my grandmother. I love her dearly. She's pushing 80 years old. And she can tell stories from her childhood. And the pain comes through in her vocal cords. The hurt, it was decades ago. It was decades ago. And it still comes through. You can hear it. It is so alive on the inside. We have to, folks. We have to. Time doesn't heal those wounds. We got to purposely, on purpose, deal with those yesterdays. And then one, the other issue is the unhealthy self-image. Now, I'm not talking, we're going to define self-image here in just a second. But let's look at Romans 12. And this is, going to, this is going to clear us up for us. The message translation nails it, nails it, nails it. <clears throat> Romans 12.3, message translation, says, The only accurate way to understand ourselves is by what God is and by what he does for us, not by what we are and what we do for him. Folks, that is why we see all these scriptures about who we are in Christ. In Christ. In Christ. 
It's not that Christ is our standard and God's measuring us up. We don't measure up. So there was a problem. So you know what he did? He fixed it. He put us in Christ. And now we measure up. He fills in all our gaps. I have this commercial now with these ladies and they're, they're needing vitamins. And so they're walking and they got these holes through them. You see them, you know, behind them. And they, they got holes, you know. A lot of us are that way in our lives. And it ain't about popping a Jesus pill. It's about boop, getting put into Christ. About being put into Christ. That is what begins to change everything. Now this idea of self-image, okay. I'm not talking about self-esteem here. I'm not talking about, oh, I love me, I'm awesome. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about how you see yourself. Do you know that the study has shown that, uh, you know, our, our teens rate, um, you know, we don't rate, it, especially in the world powers, in the, in the top economic groups, you know, in the world. You know, our test scores are they're sad, they're dismal. You know, are just across the board. You know where we rank number one? Our teens rank number one, self-esteem. Doing terrible and feel great about it. <laughs> Woohoo! I'm awesome. As a group. Something's jacked up here, okay? There's a, we had an understanding as a, as a people that how we see ourselves matters, okay? And then we, as a, outside of Christ, as a pop culture, we began to kind of boost each other up. You love on me and tell me I'm great. I love on you and tell you you're great and we're going to be okay. And we're not. And it's not working. What I'm talking about is the self-image. of We're seeing us the way God wants us to see ourselves. What he has made us to genuinely be. This isn't this. We, we know that this positive junk we paint about ourselves is just this little paper image. That we've just painted it. That there's no, there's no substance to it. And so it has no weight. But when we buy into what God has said about who we are. All of a sudden that begins to tip the scales. This other thing we still leaves us down here and we think we're doing something. We begin to see what God, it begins to tip the scales in our lives. We have to begin to see ourselves. That's why looking at what the scriptures have to say about you is so important. I talked to our teens on Wednesday about that our life is hidden with Christ. The more we discover Christ, the more we discover ourselves. And then we can be the unique, wonderful creation God called us to be. The conformity that our... That we think we, we need isn't conformity or fitting into each other. That we're crying out for conformity, yes. Conformity to the image of Christ that we've been brought into. That's the conformity we're crying out for. We don't have to tell ourselves, no, 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 quit, push down, suppress that conformity thing. No, we redirect it. It's not, I'm, I've got to do this to be cool. I've got to get my hair cut like this. I've got to wear this or that or drive this. No. Yeah, I'm supposed to conform, but not to what the marketers say. Uh, to what my maker has said. That is where we conform. That is where we shift. Another thing we have to embrace and just get real serious and real tenacious about and understand is that, that can ho hold us back is the unsoftened heart. And you know what, folks? People away from God, um, they can be hard-hearted sinners because that's what they are. God's going after them. We can't shake our little finger at this. You know what I think this issue hits more with? As believers. That we're kind of tender when we come and we, we hit that moment for whatever reason and we say yes to God and then we begin to slowly get calloused. We kind of toughen up. And the scriptures don't, don't have their, 
They're not as alive anymore. And they're, they're not challenging us anymore. And, and these different things. And then we get stuck in this rut. Folks, we want to do what we talk about here at Celebration Church of, of having a move forward idea. We have to make sure we keep our hearts, hearts soft. 1 Corinthians, <clears throat> I mean, uh, Acts 7 says, You stiff-necked people with uncircumcised hearts and ears. You are just like their fathers. You always resist the Holy Spirit. Some of the baggage we carry in our life is just this thing of a hardened heart against what God's asking us to do. He's trying to lead us into life, and we're like, no, God, I'll do that old meatloaf song. I'll do anything for love, but I won't do that. Some of us have some of those, I I, I won't do that, God. What you're asking of me, and maybe it dates back to one of these things. Maybe some of these are connected. God, I won't forgive that yesterday. That jerk, I'm going to hate him to the day I die. And God, I hope he rejects you because I don't want to see him in heaven. I mean it. And toughen our, and toughen our heart in that area. Folks, we have to. We have to. This isn't again. Again. This is about what God is wanting to do in us. And part of knowing him better and trusting him more is knowing that if he asks something of us, it's only because he loves us and it's far good. Oh, man, it is just so true. So what we understand is living life by something that is not true can create this prison without walls. We begin to live this life in this with all this baggage, and then we begin to build these little things. We saw in our little video, these people hemmed in by all this stuff. They've got a little, they carry around with them this little prison they've made with their little baggage and their little junk, and we want to get rid of that. 1 Corinthians 12 says, We've not received the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we may understand what God has freely given us. That's why we need the Holy Spirit, folks. Oh, God, we say, yes, Holy Spirit. We need you. Show me what is freely mine already. Not something I have to earn. Show me what is already mine. That is what we're talking about. Because knowing the truth, folks, knowing the truth of what God has done for us and in us, that is what sets us free. John eight thirty two. you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. 2 Corinthians 10 says, we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. We will have the flesh and whatnot. Well, there'll be some, some, some darts, some fiery arrows, some, some ideas, some con- conceptions, some stuff that contradicts the knowledge that we have in Christ. And we have to say, uh-uh, no. I've chosen this. The truth sets me free from those lies that attack me. Romans twelve two says, Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed. By what? By the renewing of your mind. And Ephesians tells us, You were taught to put off your old self, which is being corrupted, by its deceitful desires and to be made new in the attitude of your minds. There's this place where we're allowing the Holy Spirit to change us. And there are some base things we have to understand walking into this. Walking into this. We're going to understand these three things. These are foundations, folks. We're going to build the rest of this stuff on. Okay? You have to understand that God still loves me. He knows the baggage. 
You think you've thrown like a little like canopy over it or, or some, something, little, a little thing, and, and that you're like sneaking it around and God don't know it. He knows. He knows you may have fooled your wife and you may have fooled the people at work, but you haven't fooled God. He knows. He knows. And He loves you anyways. That is the beauty. This, this is not a seminar on how to get God to love you more. This is about God loves you so incredibly. Let's live in that freedom of the love that he's given. Romans 8. We're first going to read it in the NIV. It says, Therefore there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus because through Christ Jesus the law of the spirit of life, the law of the spirit of life set me free from the law of sin and death. I'm now in life. I'm not in death and sin anymore. Let's look at the message. I love it in the message. It says, you no longer have to live under a continuous and low-lying black cloud. You don't have to drag the baggage around no more. Brandon Bergen. A new person is in operation. The spirit of life in Christ, like a strong wind, has magnificently cleared the air, freeing you from a faded life of brutal tyranny at the hands of of sin and death. This baggage is part of that tyranny. We don't have to carry that junk around anymore. <clears throat> Wait, I jumped ahead. I'm sorry. There's my lack of sleep coming in. That was in reference to the fact that God will set us free. He's going to set us free. That baggage we don't have, it's, we're not stuck with it. We're walking into this that God still loves me and he is going to set me free. I am going to be free from this. You can't come into this going, oh, I hope he does. Oh, pastor, I sure hope you're right. We're going to see at the end of this if I'm free. Work your magic. Pray your prayers. Get up there, tell a funny story, and I'll be free. No, this is about putting our, our faith in God. God will set us free. He has the spirit of life in Christ Jesus set us free. And then the last thing is, is not only are we then are we freed, not only are, is that been or is that other junk cut loose out of us, but then the restoration thing happens. God will restore me. You have to understand God loves you. That God's going to set you free, and God is going to restore you. Psalm seventy-one says, "Though you have <clears throat> made me <clears throat> see the troubles of many." Many and bitter, you will restore my life again from the depths of the earth. You will bring me up. God has <clears throat> promised to bring freedom, that we are free in Christ. See, there's this restoration and this understanding that's there that he restores. He makes us new again. That is what this is about. Because when God asks us to let go of something, folks, he is simply working to get us to live in the freedom that Jesus has already, that he has already given. You know what? Let's, let's do that. Let's live free. Let's genuinely, truly travel light. It makes all the difference in the world. It makes all the difference in the world. Folks, this morning, <clears throat> we just want to take a moment. And I don't know what the issue with the air conditioner is, but. Um, and so we'll, we'll get that figured out for the future. But uh, um, we want to take this moment right here to make sure that what we talked about earlier, that um, uh, 
that if we've been separated from God because we've simply not embraced the fact that he's brought us close. 